We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is your Friday, January 19th edition. I'm here with Andrew Spade and we are going to talk through the three very specific pieces of Brown's information that has come out today, but also tied into a mailbag. So we have some questions from you guys that are on these very specific topics. We're going to call this mailbag part one, and then we're going to have a mailbag part two, which gets to the other questions that you guys have. So uh, Andrew, what's up, man? Welcome in. Hey, Jake. Uh, it's very strange transitioning to off-season. Like, um, the first few days, it kind of felt natural because we were still talking about the game against the Texans a little bit, and then you start to turn your head, and then obviously they fire some people, and now all of a sudden it feels very much off-season mode with interview requests and all the... I forgot about how during the off-season you'll just sometimes have to listen to somebody be on the radio, yeah. which is not something I do. Like, I mean, my my media consumption habits don't include a lot of sports radio. So, yeah. but then you'll see these little teaser tweets or whatever. And somebody will be like, Oh, such and such dropped knowledge on the Browns top offensive coordinator or the thinking behind or whatever. And it's like, well, I guess. And then now all of a sudden you're just in that ecosystem again. And it's, it's something that I don't do during the season. The only time I listen to sports radio during the season is if the Browns have like a big, big win. I think we all like to just hear everybody react to the win. So like the day yeah. after you kind of soak it in for a few hours but this time of year, it's it's very funny. I, I haven't listened to – I was listening to the 92.3 Afternoon Drive show, and I it's like I don't – it's I just feels very unfamiliar, and it's such a reminder of those years gone by, and I'm glad that they're gone by when you would be glued to this stuff because the Browns would be in the middle of a head coaching search, right? And you're, you're looking at Twitter 16 hours a day because you never know when this news is going to break go all the way back to when they had Chip Kelly hired for like an hour and a half, like a decade ago. Right. Like I remember that well, but I, and I kind of have forgotten those things because we haven't had to deal with it as much, but it's very strange to be dumped back into that after really settling into a, a, a season groove. So I'm, I'm doing good, but I am feeling a little bit out of sorts with the, the transition. Yeah. You also have to read really strange pieces of writing that you don't maybe normally read. Like, Oh, he said it in this write-up they had the other day located. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's a moving target right now, I think is the way to say it. And 
again, I'm I'm trying to like remember how quickly the defensive stuff went. It didn't it didn't go lightning fast, but it went relatively quick. I I, I know the shorts was hired in January. I'm pretty sure. Uh, or, cl- or close to it. I could be wrong on that, Andrew. Maybe you can fact check me while I'm talking, but it did seem like that one went slow and then fast. Like it was, it was just to sort of build up. And a lot of guys that the Browns are interviewing, a couple of which were um, guys that they didn't have to like put a request into another team. So that helps speed along the process. Uh, we haven't seen the Browns uh, enter into the realm of uh, inviting over somebody from another team that doesn't have a coach fired, putting in a formal request, right? So the two people we know that they have interviewed, uh, Deuce Staley is a part of a staff in Carolina that was let go, so he can interview wherever he wants. And then today we learned about Andy Dickerson coming into Cleveland to interview for the offensive coordinator position. He's the offensive line coach, or was, with Pete Carroll's staff that is disbanded, and they are giving those coaches the ability to go around and interview for new jobs, not having them sit. Sometimes like organizations will have the guys under contract sit and wait for the new head coach to see if if they want to be a part of that staff or whatever, they'll kind of hold on to them. And that's not something that's going on in Seattle. So that's a name, really the first name we've heard of for the offensive coordinator position, which probably caught some people by, uh, by surprise, largely because, you know, offensive line coaches aren't the hottest commodity at offensive coordinator, Andrew. So that's a bit of a surprise. And I think our first question comes from Chris Smith, where he asked if uh, Bill Callahan leaves, which it does feel and the early parts of the head coaching searches, a second interview with the Titans is pretty meaningful. It does feel like Brian Callahan is going to get a job somewhere. It would make sense in Tennessee because, I mean, Tennessee is not trying to make their forever. I, I firmly believe this, Andrew. They're going to tank. They're going to try to get as many things as they possibly can. This coach they're hiring is not going to be their long-term guy. I just believe that. Now, they could be really bad next year and get a quarterback like Zach Taylor. I don't think the Bengals thought he would last but he did because they got Joe Burrow the year after his first year. Maybe that works out for Callahan, but to me, it doesn't feel like they're trying to make their great hire right now. They think maybe that's a coaching staff away after they've allocated a bunch of stuff. And I think people are logically thinking, I think I'm saying people, I think me, that the Browns are looking at people to replace Callahan if he goes with his dad. I know you mentioned that on our most recent pod where we talked about the breaking news of these coaches being let go. If he goes, it is tricky to find really good offensive court or sorry, offensive line coaches who want to take a lateral move, another offensive line job. So pulling, you'll get blocked essentially. So if somebody somewhere else, you try to interview them, you can't do a lateral deal. We all know that. So it'd have to be a guy coming in to be the offensive coordinator and structure. Right. And then obviously from there you can, you know, he maybe doesn't call plays because Kevin does. And we, we, you know, the, the idea today was, this guy is going to come in and just, you know, Kevin's going to call plays and people are freaking out, jumping to conclusions that we don't need to jump to yet. But it's also appealing that maybe Dickerson, who is not employed currently and is allowed to interview around, that he could be the offensive line coach replacement if, for example, Callahan was released out of his contract and he went to go coach with the son, which I firmly believe they will let him do. So um, it's, a, it's a lot there, Andrew, but he's the first name that we've heard. And I think he's got, you know, you, you talked about before we did the show, he's got a decent little resume of uh of of in connections too. He went to Tufts University. So That's cool. Um I'll give you big bonus points if you know the location of Tufts without typing on your keyboard. Uh is it in uh Maryland, Baltimore, Maryland? It is in Massachusetts. You're Massachusetts. good guess. Hmm. Very good guess. I was so. torn between is it Boston? Yeah. Okay, there we go. We'll get yeah. to the bottom of this. He's a Delaware guy, so the connection of the Northeast there makes a mm. lot of sense. But 
he's been, um, you know, he's been around the NFL nine seasons that he was, um, uh, most recently with the Rams serving in roles. He was with the Browns. He's been with the jets. Mm-hmm. You guys know who the Browns are. So he's been around a little bit. And, um, I think what you like about him and you, you know, again, talked about it, the run game connection, he's got experience developing a run game offense. And obviously if you're connected to Shane Waldron, you have some experience of how to tie motion into what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, the connection with the the Rams and Seahawks is an interesting one because the Rams, one of the teams that gave the Browns the most trouble this year with their use of motion and their running game had the Browns schemed up really well. So it kind of makes sense that the that Cleveland would be looking that direction to me. Uh, the whole question of offensive coordinator versus offensive line coach, I, I think that's that's an interesting one. My first reaction upon seeing it was, oh, they're just going to hire a guy to run the run game. Stefanski remains the play caller, will run the pass game, mm-hmm. and is going to keep that himself, and and then it'll be kind of a meshing there. Uh, and and probably that would involve Callahan moving on. I, I, I don't – I you know, I, Jake, we talked about this a little bit pre-show. It is so hard to know when the team is so – never tells you. It's so hard to know how all of this is apportioned, right? Because – Stump Mitchell, for example, is a running backs coach, but has also had the title of run game coordinator. But every time on an NFL on a game broadcast, the announcers talk about who runs the run game, it's Bill Callahan. And when they show him on the sidelines, he's always talking. He's got a play sheet. I my understanding is that Bill Callahan is the main guy that kind of sets the run game up for the Browns right now. So whether you're replacing him by hiring an offensive coordinator who does that or an offensive line coach who does that. Either way, if Bill Callahan moves on, as you said, they it's not just the offensive line piece that they need to f- replace. It's also the run game piece, I believe. That's my understanding. Yeah, and the question from, from Chris is basically, wasn't Scott Peters supposed to be the next guy? And I think, in theory, yes, and that could still be the case, but from everything I understand about Scott Peters is he's more of a technician, a very limited position coach, which is fine, but he, uh, unless he is, it's very possible that he has soaked up a ton of information in his time with Callahan. I mean, that's like studying under a really wise and uh, well-respected professor, you know, or something of that nature. He's, he's one of the best to ever do this. So there's a chance he's taken that and can develop and come up with run game answers himself but the early inclination that I have, Andrew, is that if they're interviewing somebody of the O-line nature, there might not be a huge desire to uh, to make Peters fully the offensive line coach. Unless, again, Dickerson could get the OC job and then maybe Peters hangs on to the O-line. That's in the realm of possibility. But I would say it's not the earliest vote of confidence that Peters would take over in that situation. And I, I would wonder how Callahan would feel about an offensive line guy coming in to be the OC ahead of him i mean it's worth questioning yeah it's i think these are all questions it's all very much up in the air the fact that that's the only reported name as of now is also part of this whole mishmash um i think we both thought we would have seen a few names fly today and the fact that we only saw one other than mary Kay cavett had a, a a report this evening about how this might unfold and she mentioned some names, but those aren't confirmed interview requests. Those are just the names that she's been hearing. So it's hard to know how you connect that to the Browns, whether that's just connecting the dots logically based on people Kevin Stefanski has worked with or actually who the Browns are interested in. Um, I think it's also worth mentioning here that 
as I mentioned, I'm listening to sports radio to get all about the latest information here. So Albert Breer uh, was on the afternoon drive show and was saying that his feeling is that this move to shake up the offensive staff came from Stefanski was involved, but it didn't originate with Stefanski. It came from above him, whether that's the general manager, the director of strategy. That would be such a bummer, wouldn't it? I'd hate that to have the guy above Kevin force him into well, making decisions there. It, that, that would, yes, it. And I think it really ties back into Jake, the entire conversation about who was on board with trading for Deshaun Watson in the first place. Yeah, that's a right. Good and, and the conversation that we had when Joe Flacco came in of how natural of a fit that seemed to be after things felt very unnatural for two, two parts of a season or whatever you want to say. Yeah. It, it's none of this is clean. I'll say it that way. Right. It's, this is all very messy. The Browns are tied. As I said, last off season, the Browns are tied more to the quarterback than to anybody else, including anybody in the front office or the, or the head coach. So yeah. making that work logically needs to be their first priority. I, again, I, I, you know, I, I don't, you don't want to go too far to say that his hand was forced, but I do think that it, it's clear that there's some organizational support behind the idea of bringing in a different offensive voice to help bridge that gap. And so at the, to me, that puts more squarely on the table what happens with play calling, right? Because if if it goes to that point, then I think it, you have to see it as part of a larger effort to make the quarterback work out. And that maybe goes as far as getting somebody that calls it the way that he wants it to be called or knows how he likes it to be called or whatever, right? So I just think that's when we start thinking about the names and what comes next here, that piece of this is is something to keep in mind because it's one report. I know that we don't want to base all of our assumptions off of one radio appearance, but I just think it's worth throwing into the pot. It, it is. And it's, you know, the, the pill kind of builds off of Zagura too, right? Where, where he mentions a different sort of thing, you know, am I, am I like the, we talked about this where, yeah, you go ahead. You can you can lay it out. Yeah. So so this was yesterday's Cleveland Browns Daily before Jake Trotter was on. Zagura's point and his argument is that it's not that uh, Stefanski needs to change. It's that Watson needs to start doing more of the things that Flacco was doing in terms of under center play action, really selling the ball fakes, the sort of stuff that Joe did, like in that Jets game, for example. We all saw that saw that filthy ball fake on the pass to Jordan Akins, right? And it's stuff that, you know, we've kind of noticed, Jake, that Watson will sometimes try and sell a ball fake, but sometimes he doesn't really, he just kind of sticks the ball out a little bit and and doesn't tidy up his drops a lot at the top of play action drops. He'll be a little slow with them. And oftentimes he ends up turning around to a rusher in his lap. I, don't, I think he, it feels like sometimes to me a little bit that he, especially under center, runs play action slower than he could because he kind of wants to be like, eh, I don't, I don't like this. I mean, I'm not going to argue that he doesn't like having his back turned to the defense. He's never right. played that way. Exactly. You know? I, I don't think he's comfortable with it. And he's never um, had somebody force him to do that. Whereas, like, you know, I'm not trying to drag Baker into this, but he was another guy who hadn't really done that. But Baker bought into that pretty quickly, right? His limitations are different, but uh, there's no doubt that he bought into the under center stuff, what he had to do to survive uh, a little bit differently. Yeah, I, I, I think that, 
that's this so dangerous. <laughs> it's so loaded. And that's a conversation. This is our first one of a thousand we're gonna have this offseason built around this exact banter of, you know, how should the offense feed should should Kevin, you know, curtail this thing to him? Should Deshaun have watched Joe Flacco and buy into the way Flacco was doing it? I don't have that answer, man. I really, I really wish I did. I think that the hire will guide a little bit of that stuff because um, there's no doubt about the fact that, you know, like Mahomes, Watson prefers to face the defense all the time. In a, in a way, uh, a lot of quarterbacks do, but Kevin is most comfortable. His upbringing has been around stealing yards from under center and getting run past a Mary really well. I thought at the end of the year, they started to do that well from the gun. So that's encouraging. Um, but we will, yeah, we'll, we'll see the types of guys that they go after. And I'm kind of, kind of surprised Tim Kelly hasn't been interviewed. He's a guy who's a free agent um, coordinator because he did, you know, have a huge voice in some of the most successful Deshaun offenses in 2020. So yeah, I don't, I, it's interesting. We, we don't have, I mean, I, I understand why they hired or sorry, hired uh, why they interviewed Andy Dickerson, but it doesn't really give us any information about this exact predicament, no, right? Not, not a lot of breadcrumbs. Yeah. And then of course the other uh, offensive play caller most familiar with Deshaun Watson is now off the board. He's going to be in Columbus instead of Cleveland. Right. So we need to talk about that. <laughs> if you're going to, if I, in seriousness though, if you're going to find a guy that has worked at the NFL level with Watson uh, fr- from an OC or quarterbacks coach perspective, Tim Kelly's the the name at this point, period. It's exactly right. That, that If they made that type of hire, that would tell you everything you need to know. But I will tell you that watching that Titans offense, it wasn't the most encouraging function we've ever seen. But again, that's Tannehill's a different type of quarterback. And then you're, you're dealing with the, the, you know, Mayo wonder kid. So you're, you're dealing with a different dynamic there. So again, we don't know um, yet. We do know what, what we can do here on this spot is tell you who interviews and what we're learning about the rationale behind those. And I think yeah. that's what we're trying to do here. I think, yeah, we're kind of trying to set the stage for you to, to understand that if like, like Jake just said, if Tim Kelly's the guy, that takes you in a certain direction, right? Whereas if it's an Andy Dickerson type hire, then you're assuming Stefanski keeps play calling and just wants to find a different answer in the run game. So there, there's a lot of different flavors for this and how it can break down. It's worth mentioning as well, Mary Kay Cabot's report tonight that mm-hmm. Stefanski would be willing to give up play calling in the right scenario. It's never that he Let me ask like you he, this. Stop you real yeah, quick. Go ahead. Just let me ask you. Great, hit me. Would you be disappointed if he doesn't give up play calling? Do you think the Browns would function better if they hired a competent OC and let Kevin play CEO? Or do you think it's a best part of what he does and he should still be doing it? I We haven't really discussed it this way. I see it both ways, Jake, because I think it it, a lot of it comes down to who the who the person calling the plays is and what their background is, right? So if you're if you're hiring somebody like an Andy Dickerson, then to me you you take the guy who's been doing it for four years at a pretty high level and keep him yeah. in that spot with Stefanski. Yeah, so I'm saying you can have any any hire you want at OC. Gotcha. And, and, and gotcha. you can let that guy call plays. Yeah. yeah. Or or you can hire a supplemental quarterback coach, a Cam Turner or somebody like that, and Kevin still calls it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my question. Do you believe in Kevin enough to do that still, or do you think that you would prefer a really good up-and-coming OC to take that role? I... 
I think we kind of talked about this yesterday. My feeling at this point is, is that if you can get one of the guys at the top of this market, I would be fine with Kevin not calling plays. And but would you prefer it? Is my question. I I. That's it. I mean, it's, I don't know that I have a strong preference to be honest with you. Okay, uh, I, I can see it happening both ways. I think the reality is that the guys, if they're going to hire the most qualified candidate, which is what I want them to do, Stefanski's going to have to give up play calling. So I guess I got there a different way. Yes, I would prefer him to give up play calling if it means getting the best offensive coordinator they can, because that's what they need to do. This is this am, is a lot like yeah. last year with when they had a, a range of. Defensive coordinator options. Jim Schwartz was the best option. Mm-hmm. They they need to do what they need to do to get the best option because this season is very important for a lot of people. And I would much rather Stefanski be here in a non-play calling capacity than call plays for one more year and then be uh, sent off. I'm with it. I, I, I think personally I would like Kevin to keep calling plays. But um, if I had to pr- prefer it one way or the other, because I do think he's pretty good at it. But I also would be very interested in a world where he doesn't because he hires somebody he trusts and can can be an overseer. I, I do think that like where I get a little nervous is this long term relationship of play caller quarterback. And like for a hypothetical here, you say again, I keep going to any name, pick pick any young up and coming. Exactly. Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron. Or Waldron. If he's good here, he's gone. Right. He's a head coach. He's getting a head coaching job. So like it's what's most interesting is like I keep looking at Sirianni, who is an OC in Indy with Steichen underneath him. And then he goes to to Philly as the offensive coach has, you know, Steichen with him. Steichen leaves after a really good year and they're not even a shell of themselves offensively. And now everyone's out and it's like. I, I'm just I'm just very interested when these coaches that are offensive guys take that mantle off and then you have somebody underneath you who's really good at it and gets his own job. I know that's sort of living in living in your fears, not to go back to quotes we said last year, but <laughs> it is a very realistic thing that if you do hire a top of the market OC, yeah, that guy is gonna be gone. He's going to get mm-hmm. a really good job somewhere. And that's something we've sort of been I don't know if the way to say it is lucky, Andrew, but fortunate that the Browns haven't had their staff pilfered in a way that some organizations have. And that puts you in a real bind. So like Kevin continuing to call plays is appealing for me because nobody takes that away. If he can, if he can get the right influence around him though, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. It's I, and it's definitely not that I think that, that Kevin can't call it, but I think that he, it, 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 this all really does come back to the quarterback, right? Because Oh yeah, I don't think you think he can't call it. I think that yeah. what you're saying is like you want a top of the market guy and I'm with you, but then because I'm trying to lay out the quarterback the, work. The, yeah, the counter side to that so, is what I'm interested in. So so my thinking about that is if in the world that you're painting, Shane Waldron comes in, the Browns are a top ten offense the next two years, and he gets a job coaching whoever in two years. Mm-hmm. Our problems are solved because the quarterback that we mortgaged the foreseeable future for is leading a top 10 offense. You can either find somebody else to call it well, or Kevin can pick it back up. Like there, there you've got options from there, but right now they're in the position of staring down the barrel of, I, I mean, 
we'll talk about this at some point this offseason. What happens if the offense is bad in 2024? That is a conversation we'll have to have in terms of what the off-ramp is for the for the Watson contract, the Watson experience. Because that's okay, where so we're that's where we're question, at. The question that comes off that yeah. is what we're doing. Um if the offense is bad, why are they bad? Right. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm asking you that question. Why are they, why do you think it would be bad? If it's bad, why do you think it's bad? Isn't it obvious it's a Deshaun Watson can't he's never he's bad. He's not who he used to be. They can't figure that out. Yes. Doesn't that guide who they have to hire? Yes. <laughs> so I think that we have to look at this whether it's successful or not based on we think this guy is going to be good for the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yes. we can play games around a whole bunch of different things here, but if they right. go hire Andy Dickerson, no offense to Andy, I don't think that that's solving what could be right. the biggest core problem of this whole operation. Well, and I think that goes back to the the Albert Breer conversation about this coming from above Kevin, because these guys all understand that this only works. This version of the Browns only works if Deshaun Watson is a successful quarterback. And the question off of that is whether Kevin thinks like if he's getting told he has to do that, is he in lockstep with that? Or is he like, nah, he'll figure it out with what we do with what I've done. I'm not doing that. And then he gets strong armed into it. Right. Right. That would suck. That would suck because I don't, I don't think anybody could watch Watson this year and think that that was the most conducive thing for success. The thing, the biggest, the biggest damn issue, Andrew, is that he didn't get to play. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> we don't even really totally absolutely. know, yeah. and that that part of it is that and part it, of it is a real. It's problem. an open question whether the things that they did at the end of the season with Flacco are things that they would want to do with Watson and didn't have a chance because of his injury, or yeah. that they specifically got to out of necessity because of who the quarterback was and who the tackles were. So by Kevin and beer and ask those questions. I think what we learned about Jake Trotter is you call these people. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I'm going to Google Kevin Stefanski phone number after we get off here and we'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll work. Yeah. And then we'll just, we'll just set it up. Hey man, what do you think? Just give us a half hour. Kev, Like a Medina. Can you meet us there? It's worth a shot. I think it's It's worth worth a try. I love that. That's the middle. We're funny guys. I'm in North Carolina. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd have to fly up. We make that work. You got to be on time to the airport, though. All right, Medina's we're going to take a break. Right between Columbus, North Carolina, and Cleveland. Yeah, Medina, perfect. Medina, right? Just land in Medina International Airport, and then we'll make it work. Perfect. All right, taking a break. We'll be right back, and then we have a question about free agency because we love free agency, baby. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals, and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you've had. So why would you go Game Time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money, right? It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, so you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that Game Time app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account, redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com, it is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, you ready, Andrew? Here are the list of free agents that the Browns are going to be letting go. Rapid firing these things. Great. Stop me on a guy that you want back. Mm Mm-hmm. Really, 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 really want back. Mm-hmm. Flacco, Walker, Driscoll, Hunt, Jakeem Grant, Marquise Goodwin, James Prochet, Harrison Bryant, Garon Christian, Michael Dunn, Nick Harris. Um, all right, at edge, we have Sam Kamara uh, at defensive tackle, Shelby Harris, Jordan Elliott, Maurice Hurst. One of uh, Hurst or Harris. Okay, there we go. I was, trying, I was, I was going to see if you were going to jump in there. Right? One, of yeah, one of those two. But, not, not but I'm not like, I'm not knocking over shelves to get this done. Okay, gotcha. Anthony Walker, Matt Adams, Jacob Phillips. Yeah, that Jacob Phillips. Uh, Sione Takitaki and your boy Jordan Kunasich. So proud of myself for getting that name right over time. I say it so proudly every time I have to say it. Big smile. Mike Ford. Uh, Rodney McLeod, Duran Harmon, and then uh, Corey Bajorquez. I, I mean, it's a big list. Mm-hmm. They've done a really nice job with a lot of those. A lot of those players are veterans, middle of the roster guys. I'm sure some of them will be back because they like being in Cleveland. They like the culture, etc. I, I really don't feel like any of those players are guys that I'm 
going out of my way, really pushing money into the middle of the table to, to resign. Yeah, because that's what Robert Pace's question was. Who would you let walk? I, I, mean, I mean, there's not one of those names that if they if you if the ticker flashed, they signed with the Tennessee Titans. I would my I would stay very even keeled. Okay, you get five of these guys on one year deals. I'm going to pick okay. our five. Yeah, we're going to draft them. Do you have the list in front of you? Uh, no, I don't, but I can do it from memory. Okay, he's he's got a steel trap. This guy. I I get first pick. I will take Shelby Harris. Your next, your pick. You can also double up who you take. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd take, I take. I like Hurst better than Harris. Okay, so you're taking Hurst. Uh, I will take Sione Takitaki back, flexible linebacker. Yeah, I like, I like that one, actually. I think I would, I, I like, I'll just copy you there. Copy. Uh, all right, next. Um, yeah, here we are. Corey Bohorquez. I thought he was fine. I, I wouldn't mind another year of Corey Bohorquez. Yeah, some frustrating inconsistency at times, but I, I don't. In the wild card game. Punt yeah, better, dude. Really not what I liked. I, it's, on the offense, I have a little bit of a question just because as the scheme changes, but. I do think I, I've always really liked Michael Dunn. I think what happens with Batonio and Teller if they decide to try and save money by moving on from one of those guys, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I mean, it would be Teller, right? But uh, mm-hmm. Dunn, even as a third guard, I think I want Dunn back. Okay. My fourth player, I'll take Harrison Bryant back. Uh, if if Nick Harris would come back as the backup center, I would be very into that. Not into Luke Whipler? Out on him? I, I'm just... I I don't it's kind of like this year I thought they had to keep Harris at the 53 cuz I don't want a young center. So if he if he's willing to come back and be the backup and then also the fullback, I would be into it. Andrew man, I don't know if I have a fifth guy. I really don't know. Yeah, I mean Harrison Bryant is the is the other name. Like I said, the offensive system changes, maybe you don't need a third tight end slash quarterback sneak expert. Um I'm frustrated by Harrison Bryant because he got I mean, one of the things that was happening in Houston that would have been a talking point if things hadn't ended the way they ended was how many targets were going to their tertiary, whatever, pass catchers. And he definitely was at the top of that list. Um, But the head coach really seems to like him. So I I, I like to keep Kevin happy. So Yeah, but the list here isn't isn't deep. No, you're right. Currently, I'm looking at... Tomlinson and Siaka Ika is my only defensive tackle. So if I had to take a fifth guy, I'll probably also take Maurice Hurst. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, that's, that's right. There's going to be a room a of Tomlinson, of... Ika, Hurst, and Harris is still a pretty good defensive tackle room. Agreed. And, and, and yeah, though, it's, <laughs> this is interesting. This group is, you know, because like Rodney McLeod and Harmon are guys that you'd be interested in, but they're four deep at safeties that we like. So like, yeah, Do you I need would love a fifth safety, right? Rod, you know, like, Rodney McLeod could just be a coaching yeah. intern to me. I think he, he just needs to. I would love for him to be back as a coach. Yeah, I would too. If Harmon wants to go to the practice squad again, fine with that. But yeah, I'm uh, yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of guys in here that they sign for special teams, stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think we both have a lot of animus at this point towards Jordan Kanasich and Mike Ford because they're players that were forced into at times playing defensive snaps and they cannot do it. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would like to see that not continue to be a thing, but I, I think I'm probably barking up the wrong tree given how much they emphasized that last off season. Yeah. I think when you're looking at teams around the league who have unrestricted free agents on the market, the Browns group is not going to be appealing to many people. 
at all. Right. From a for um, like from a comp pick perspective, they are definitely not getting any draft picks. They are not. Now you have to you can cut one no guarantee player. Okay. There's quite a few here. On um, you can just tell me your player and I'll tell you whether they have a guarantee. Just for just for giggles. So I can let go of one non guarantee guy, save some money, uh, try to build out some things. I am probably going to go in the direction uh, and maybe not be the most popular person in the world here, but I would probably move on from Wyatt Teller, I think, is where I would lean right now. Yeah, that's the name, but he did play well this year, popped up on some people's second team all pro lists. I I get it, and I think the amount, as I have said a thousand times, the amount of money they're spending on the offensive line for the results they get is not cool. I don't like it. I like I like saying it that way. It's just not cool. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's very uncool. Very uncool. So that's going to have to get resolved. But I think Conklin and Wills to me are lower hanging fruit right now in terms of saving money. I know that Conklin still has guarantees. He does. It, it would, you would be paying to let him go. Yeah. Sort of deal there. Him, but, him or Wills. I, I, I'm I'm kind of bending the purpose of your question, but what I would say, Jake, is that they I really think. They need to figure out a way to economize a little bit on the offensive line and actually yeah. maybe still improve, which I think they can do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tricky. It's going to be fun. Can't wait to see what they do. Um, but I think that's that's good. That's that's enough for today. Three good topics. And there are a lot of good questions waiting, which we'll get to in part two of the mailbag. Do the best we can. Uh, for reference point, we looked at, or I looked at Jack Duffin's um, 24 offseason prediction stuff as an article to look at who the guys with guarantees, non-guarantees, and free agents are. So check that out. Um, it's a very, very detailed uh, piece of work there. So if you want to get a picture of where the Browns will be salary cap-wise and what they what they currently have on uh, contract structures, it's all written up there for you at the OBR. So take advantage of that. But otherwise, for Andrew and myself, we thank you for being here and being a part of this uh, first part of the mailbag. Some great questions. If you didn't get your question in, send it over tomorrow morning, and we might still be able to get to it for part two. So stop by and check that one out as well. Guys, have a great Friday. Be well, be safe. Go Browns.